Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 142. Inflation is surging. At least that's what the media says. And they're not wrong. But today we're going to go below the surface and do a little bit more of a deep dive on inflation and see what's really going on. What are some of the factors that involve what is going up? Is everything going up or are certain things not going up as much? And is it really the highest inflation since, I don't know, I think people have said in over 30 years. So we'll take a look at that and more on this week's episode. The Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with their monthly release. Typically, they do those in uh, kind of the, the second week. What, what day was this brought out here? This was brought out, looks like, uh, November 10th. So usually the right around the second week, you see the previous, previous month's numbers. And in this case, we have October. And the thing you saw with October is, well, inflation was up. How much? Well, if we look at all items, 0.9%, and that's the seasonally adjusted percent change. And then there's an unadjusted percent change when we look at year over year. So October of 20 to October of 21, all items were up 6.2%. And that brought out quite a bit of headlines because as we look at inflation, uh, many people think about inflation. They think about the late 1970s, early 80s, and you know there was some there was some talk about okay, year over year, it's the highest we've seen in many many years. So I decided to take a, a dive into the numbers, and I'll put a link to this in the show notes, both the uh, the, the BLS release. And I'll, I'll talk a little more about that later because I do encourage people who are interested in this stuff to go ahead and look at the release because then you can see the components, the weighting in the index. Remember CPI, think of it as a, a big grocery basket, but in there you've got cars, uh, gasoline, soup, electronics, everything's in there and they're all weighted differently. For example, shelters, you know, right around 33, 34%. But things like soup, I can't remember the percentage that that makes up. Uh, for those of you who really like soup out there uh, and believe it should be more, um, that's a discussion for another time. But what I did was I just I downloaded the the CPI and I used the year end, and this is from the Reserve, uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. And if you Google anything and you put the word Fred after it, and that will typically bring up to the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis data. And so what I wanted to see is, obviously, we only have data through October. We still have November and December. And I wanted to see, okay, where does this rank historically? So, so far, year to date, if I look at CPI, where it closed in December of 2020 to October of 21, it's up 5.8%. So 5.8%, that's, you know, we're not even done with the year. So let's assume for a second that we're probably not going to see negative price changes in November or December. At least I, I would guess we're not going to. And so then what is this, how does this rank? Well, it's, it's the highest, um, you know, give you some numbers, 2.26%. 
was 2019, 1.3% annual price increase CPI. Uh, that was in 2020. And you have to go back to, let's see where this one is. Uh, you can barely see it. I think it was 2008. It was 2008. Slight, slight negative. In fact, in this chart, I'm looking at 1948 through 2021, only 1949, 1954, and then I think it's 2008. You can, uh, 2008, 2009, it's tough to, the way the, the chart falls that I created, have negative prints. So let's, uh, so then let's go back. And yeah, 1990, the annual price increase on CPI was 6.25%. So if you look and you say, okay, this is the highest number we've seen since 1990. If I do my, my math correctly, it's the highest in 30 years, let's say, or 31 years. So yeah, so far this year, inflation, at least based upon the CPI, it's pretty high. Now, I looked at, uh, then I did a, a, a quick search on my my data and I said, well, what are the years that have at least, and by the way, I, I expect this will be higher before the year is out, right? We're at 5.8% year to date, that's only through October. So if prices go up again in November and December, and there's a, a now cast for inflation on the Cleveland Fed's website, uh, they are expecting price increases. So it, it should end, uh, and higher. But just looking, when what years, so besides 1990, what are the years that we, we can see inflation greater than we've had? Well, you have to go back to the sort of the 73 to, uh, to 1981 period where every year but one saw increases above 5.8. And then you go 1969, and I won't read all these off. There's just two more. 1950, yeah, 1950 and 1951. Okay. So I would say at this point, yes, inflation is proving to be more than just transitory. But what does transitory mean? Is that we're going to see a year like this in 2021? And then should we expect the same to continue in 2022? That's unsure as of yet. Now, if we look at the, the data that came out, so CPI comes out and basically... You, know, you can look at this and say, uh, you know, there's there's everything from, so for example, if I look at October 20 to October 21, so that's one year look back, I can see that energy was up 30%, fuel oil was up 59%. Uh, remember, all items up 6.2%. So that's not, remember I just said 5.8. You're like, wait a second, didn't you just say 5.8? This is October of 20 to October of 20, through October of 21. The one I was just talking about just has the year to date, which is end of December to the end of October. But definitely we're seeing uh, the hotspot items, uh, utility, pipe, gas service up 28%, energy commodities up 49%. Um, if you take out all items, and then you subtract out food and energy. Why? We call that the core, less food and energy, because those are quite volatile. The over-year change was about 4.6%. And so when you come in here, uh, all items less food and energy has a weighting of about you know 78% of the index. Uh, 
So food and energy itself, if you do the math, it's roughly you know, 22, 21.3% actually to be exact. Um, well, almost exact. And so, you know, definitely things are across the board moving up. Uh, shelter is another one. So shelter that includes rent of primary residence and owner's equivalent, owner's equivalent rent, sorry. Uh, that makes up, uh, you know, roughly 32%. We'll round to 33%. So, yeah, I mean, shelter was up 3.5% year over year, October of 20 through uh, October of 21. I'm going to look for soup in here because I mentioned it. Uh, it's kind of a big item, uh, list of items. Um, I don't see. Oh, there it is, soup. Soup was up 3.2%. It's weighting is 0.087 out of an index of 100. So there you go. So rather than me reading all this, I will put it in the, the show notes. Uh, but I think one of the things that I would suggest if you haven't done this before and all you're doing is, is you're watching your normal, you know, uh, nightly news channels and they talk about inflation, I would encourage you to go in and take a look and you can see exactly what's causing this. Is it across the board or is it, is it not across the board? Are the things that are going down? And so I'll, I'll put a, a link to that. So the other question that comes up is, is this like the 1970s? In other words, you know, are we seeing stagflation? Are we seeing everything going up across the board? All right, well, not yet, not yet. And I will explain. In the late 1970s, early 80s, everything sort of went up. And one of the ways to measure this, and I've talked about it before on the program, is to look at the, the sticky CPI versus the flexible CPI. And what do I mean by that? Well, flexible items are things that are more apt for price changes, more, more apt to have you know, a lot of volatility in their prices. And those things include things like motor fuel, car and truck rental, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, what else do we have? Meat, poultry, fish, eggs, used cars and trucks. Uh, let me see if there's anything else here. Other food at home. So those are the things that are sort of considered in the, in the basket of flexible CPI. And then if you look at sticky CPI, that's things like infants and toddlers apparel, uh, personal care products, communication, public transportation, food away from home, rent of primary residence, uh, let's see, motor vehicle fees. Anyway, so I'll put a link to this in, in the show notes. But I bring this up because I've been watching this for a while. And the reason I watch it, I, I, I'm interested in, are the sticky items really rising? And or is it just the flexible? And so far, I would say that looking at a chart, and this is from the Atlanta, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, you can go back to, I think, around 68 or so, 68 to today, and you can look at the monthly uh, annualized change in these. And there's two lines. And the one line is the sticky CPI. Uh, and when you look at the chart, it's typically it's it's the orange line. You can't see it, but just trust me, it's orange. And that one is not really moving quite as much. Now, the flexible stuff is the highest it's been since, I would say, 1980. Uh, 
So that is a that is a big deal. We saw, you know, items uh, uh, right around two thousand six, two thousand. Let's see, eight or nine. We saw the flexible stuff jump. We saw it again, probably two thousand twelve or so, but not this high. Uh, I'd have to go back to nineteen eighty and 1973, 74, somewhere in there. So yeah, the flexible stuff we are seeing, you know, it's definitely some, some increases. The difference here between late 70s, early 80s is that the sticky CPI is not moving. If once you take a look at this chart, I'll put it in the show notes, you will see that both of those moves uh, almost... You know, they both went up. Um, and if you look at, you know, 1980, they were pretty much both up the same amount, given, uh, you know, with a little bit of difference, the sticky, a little bit below the, the flexible. So I think that's one of the things I continue to watch is if I were to see those lines start to, to match one another, that would be a little more indicative of something like a, you know, a late late 70s, early 80s, mid or, or mid 70s to late 70s, early 80s, for sure. But so far, they have not. So is, is inflation, are things, you know, really scary? Should people be afraid? I mean, look, this all goes back to if you're an investor, this is why you hear me say again and again, just have a portfolio that has hedges in it. Um, historically, stocks, have done okay during inflationary periods. I didn't pull up my the data here, but I know I've looked at it before, and uh, you know that that's certainly something that uh, that people always ask. You know, if, if inflation is going higher, should uh, should I be in there? Yeah, you know, the other thing too is that when you look at tips, Treasury inflation protected securities, there they actually have a negative yield to maturity right now. And the break-even rates, which is basically, so the break-even, let's say on a five-year treasury, compares the nominal treasury, which is the the one that does, it's just the normal treasury, when that one's yielding, you know, around 1.2% right now. And then it looks at the, the tip spot of the same maturity, the five-year, and it compares the yield to maturity on the tip to the yield to maturity on the five-year normal on-the-run treasury. And right now, that break-even is over 3%. It's almost 3.1%. And what does that mean? It means, well, at 3.1% inflation, because the TIPS bonds get adjusted for inflation, you're, you're sort of indifferent owning one versus the other. But basically, you're saying the argument to buy the, the TIPS bond over the next five years is that inflation will average, annually average, over 3.1% over the next five years to make that the better choice. Uh, now, I don't know which which of those will turn out to be the better, but certainly break-evens are really the uh, the highest that I've seen. I can't remember at, you know, at what, what point the uh, it was any higher. And to be honest with you, it's a little bit skewed because TIPS bonds are more of a recent phenomenon um, they weren't around in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, but the other thing with inflation is uh, the University of Michigan, Michigan comes out with a survey of consumers. They have things like 
current economic conditions, consumer sentiment. And they also asked people questions. So this is uh, survey data. And they asked people questions. Hey, what do you think are the expected changes in prices during the next year? And if I go and I pull up the, uh, uh, I can pull up a chart on this. I'll link to this as well in the, uh, in the show notes. And if I pull up a chart on this, we are the highest level since I would say 2008. I think the scale, you know, they don't have every tick mark here, but I'm going to say, I think 2008, where 2008 people expected prices to increase, you know, about 5% the next year. And uh, we're not quite that much, but we're still, uh, you know, if you, if you look at this chart, people's expectations over the next year jumped. They jumped quite a bit. And for example, the, in, in 1981, people's expectations that prices are going to rise another 10% over the next year. Now, if we pull back and we say, what are the expected price changes over the next five years? And we look at that data. Well, what that's showing is that it looks to me that people think price is going to rise over the next year much more. And, but over five years, uh, it's a little bit over 3%. So that's sort of, you know, I believe that's, that's annualized, okay? So I bring this up because I think it's, it's one of those things where sometimes this feeds off itself. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's imagine you were going to buy, it's late October. You don't necessarily need a new TV or a new phone or, you know, let's say the iPhone's not out yet or anything like that, right? Let, let's go with a TV. And you've looked and, and you, you see some TVs that you like and you like all the features and, you know, all that stuff. But then you're kind of like, wait a second, am I going to really buy a TV when I know Thanksgiving's coming up and Black Friday sales, day for Thanksgiving? And of course, some stores are releasing those Black Friday deals early and they're turning it into more, of a, more than just a one-day thing, especially as we go online. So if you're thinking to yourself, wait a second, why would I buy this TV today when I can just wait? I'll just wait on my purchase. And that's kind of the opposite of inflation. That's expected deflation. And so if you believe that prices are only going to go up the more you wait, the question has to be asked, does that feed into itself? Are consumers thinking, oh, wait a second. If I'm being told or if I believe that prices will only go up in the next year, then why don't I just buy? And I bring that up because it's the old supply and demand. Imagine if you had, you had an increase in demand, would that further increase inflation in the near run or the, or the short run, near term and then the short run, okay, to get those correct? And sometimes it does. Sometimes the, this feeds off one another. We know that consumer sentiment was down. We know that inflation expectations are up. And also... A lot of the sort of the mainstream channels, you know, put in your local news and it's beyond the CNBCs and the Fox Business and Bloomberg's now. Uh, I was watching local news here in Arizona 
and they were interviewing people in a, a Walmart parking lot and outside grocery stores. And people were saying, yeah, prices have, you know, double or tripled. And uh, we want to try. And there was one woman um, who said, you know, I'm stocking up now because I want to, you know, stock up. And then that way, if prices keep going up, I have whatever I have. So it's kind of an interesting phenomenon and it's something to be watched. Um, now, the contrarian side of this says most people are wrong. And I don't say that as a demeaning thing or as to, to think that the crowd or, or people who don't do what, what I do or not, not only what I, I mean, I don't, I'm not an analyst, right? So let's forget me, but what analysts do, they're trying to make projections on the economy and inflation. Uh, the crowd was what I mean. When you start seeing, like it was interesting, when you start seeing container shipping stories come up on the local news, I think that was around the top, the most recent top. Uh, we've actually seen week to week, I think container ship prices were down by 10%. I'd have to check the numbers. And so it is a contrarian indicator when you see outlets and news on channels that don't normally talk about this start running stories about inflation and you know what's going to happen. That's the contrarian side of it. But on the other end, uh, if people start to to really surge their buying because they believe if I the longer I wait, that feeds on itself as well. And it's just an interesting discussion because that's one of the things that the quote unquote Fed is concerned about, end quote, is deflation. You know, we might think of deflation as really positive. And by the way, I think some people think of def deflation too negatively. You know, we've had price deflation with things like TVs and cell phones and quality and, and it goes up. Uh, certainly, it doesn't cost as much to call somebody long distance anymore as it did in the 80s. But the thing they're worried about is that if people's perceptions are deflationary period, there's no incentive to buy right now. And people just say, well, it doesn't matter. I'm indifferent to when I buy because prices will go down. I'll just wait. And the longer I wait, the longer prices go down. The opposite can happen when inflation is in the news. So something to watch. And going back to the, the markets, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, look, I don't know what's going to happen with inflation. I think the Fed has proven that they can't forecast it. And a lot of uh, economists have always talked about how inflation is really difficult to, to forecast. But this all comes back to if you're an investor, like should, should this mean that you do something? And the answer is probably not. As long as you have things set up correctly and you got your goals in place, and especially from my perspective, the core of your portfolio is either hedged or buffered. Um, you know, you've already prepared for this. This is kind of what you've you prepared for. And by the way, I can't tell you over the last year and a half how many times I've read stories that market crash is coming, you know, go to cash, switch to, you know, sell your portfolio and buy soup and build a, uh, a shelter in your backyard. I mean, all that stuff, just be hedged. All right, so I'm going to put a few links up with the Michigan sentiment link. 
I'll also put the uh, the Fred data or, or Federal Reserve of St. Louis on the CPI. I'll put a link to the BLS Bureau of Labor Statistics. The inflation, it's a PDF. If you go down, you can see the weighting of each thing. I mean, they got tons of stuff in there. And you can sort of look at that. And as you look at these news stories, go ahead and, and, and do a little of your own research. And you might be surprised of, you know, the numbers. All right, folks. So we'll leave it there. Hopefully this was helpful. I know it's in the news. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, by the way, as always, rather than wasting time starring, reviewing, and doing all that stuff, just go ahead and share this episode with someone. Share it with someone who's never listened to a podcast even. Uh, but if you think it's valuable, keep sharing. And we do appreciate that. Uh, the Our listeners should hit another record, uh, at least the number of, you know, we call them downloads or listens. Those should hit another record in the month of November based upon the pace. And we had another record last month as well in October. And it's always surprising where people are listening from around the world. And as I've always said, or as I've always said, as I've been saying for a little bit, usually when Jay Pestercelli is on, but if anyone is actually listening in Gibraltar, uh, go ahead and uh, send me an email. I'll put my my email in the, the show notes, Derek dot more at zegafinancial.com. I'll put it in the show notes and I will send you a signed book. Uh, always, a, we have yet to get a Gibraltian listening to our show. Hopefully I got that right. All right, folks, we'll see you next week.